Welcome to Politically Enraged, the Lefty's Refuge. Politically Enraged is a podcast purpose-built to discuss British and international disunity in political spaces, talk through ideas, introduce you to amazing people, and fight back against authoritarianism. My name is David Moo, I'm your host, and I hope you'll stick with us. Follow our Twitter at Political Rages, find us on Instagram and Coffee at Politically Enraged, and let's speak truth to power. Welcome to Politically Enraged, the podcast that is supposed to make you genuinely upset if you're a lefty and genuinely upset if you're a right winger, but mostly because your morals are in the toilet. I am Davey Moo and today I have a very special guest with me, Sue Patansky, who is a political commentator who has amassed an absolutely enormous following online, you bastard, and (laughs) who is also probably one of my closest friends in the entire world. Uh, We came up together through TikTok and have become absolute besties, united in our love of the absolutely incredulous government that is underneath Boris Johnson, from the haunted alarm clock that is Jacob Rees-Mogg, to the (laughs) custard in charge himself. So, hello Tansky, how are we feeling? Hello sugar tits. Um, (laughs) Existential dread, mostly, every single day. Well, it's a mixture actually. I'd say sometimes it's like absolute adulation, because as you said, Tubby Custard's having the absolute, you know, wall of shit hitting him. And then the next day it's like, oh, he's going to get away with it. And it's like, oh yeah, then there's more. Oh, but he's getting away with it again. Like, whatever that emotion is, that's what I'm feeling. It's kind of like... (laughs) It's like, it's it's a bit like cat and mouse, except the cat is armed with a laser on its head and the mouse just keeps pulling out bazookas from nowhere. And I'm just a bit like... (laughs) Like, who's going to win in this battle? Like, is it going to be literally the entirety of the UK or is it going to be that lardy sack of shit? And I'm just still not sure. Who's the cat and who's the mouse, though? Like, this is this is what we need to figure out, is, like, who's who, like, in that scenario? Because we're, we're the people that are losing out. Like, nothing, nothing terrible is going to happen to Joe. He's not going to lose anything over this. Uh, whereas loads of us have lost yeah exactly that is the problem isn't it so yeah I mean he's maintaining um like a a hierarchy that's just been there for centuries isn't he yeah he is but I think like it's just become so obvious to like everybody that that Westminster is just steeped in this kind of creeping corruption now that it's just like it like in, in my in my more glib moments I step back and I look at it and I'm like how is this happening to like the institution of British politics? Like it's always been very serious and and very well regarded. And suddenly I'm like, wow, Mm. Westminster literally smells like toilet. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's full of wankers, isn't it? But it it always has been, this is the thing. This is the thing with Boris Johnson, right? He's, he's, he's going to cause them the most problems because he's revealed something that can't be unseen, which is how it all works. You're not supposed to, in his society show the little people just how bad it is you've got to keep that shit hidden he's so like greedy and shameless that he can't hide it and so he's just like with him he's just pulling the curtain down and revealing what's actually there how the police operate like with the government well conservative governments they 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 hauled labor in for questioning over like Mm. cash for honors so he's yeah he's just pulled down the curtain and revealed what's what's always been there and i think you know, if, if we went back and actually went through it all, we'd not only get Princess Diana, <laughs> but we would, and if it was revealed, 
but we would yeah it would just be out there and yeah it would people would see how it really works it'd all just fall down wouldn't it I think that's the thing it's like it's become this really obvious game of artifice like (laughs) it's always annoyed me like my whole life it's always annoyed me how politicians answer questions when I feel like you could go up to like such as as like Dominic Raab and say nice day today isn't it and he'd be like well you're really asking four questions there and the first one's about (laughs) uh, whether global warming is uh, an effective alternative to global cooling and it's just like just yes or no just just yes or no is fine um and I think the the like it's just so obvious that it's a systemic problem even today like mm-hmm. I said that clip of Jacob Rees-Mogg outside parliament where he's like Fucking yeah the government has led us from strength to strength and my friend commented and said um I think he's talking about vodka proofs from the parties <laughs> <laughs> well he's just the things you know like James O'Brien told me that his 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 great grandad was a lorry driver it's like a massive facade Mm. and you know you got to ask yourself why he would put on that facade why is he doing that and it's just that hierarchical kind of like better than you you know status thing that kind of tends to put people I think from lower classes on the back foot doesn't it yeah like because there's there's you know like the way a lot of people talk to doctors or the way like you look at how your auntie might talk to a doctor or it's like that status, that really old-fashioned status and hierarchy. And when you look at the language in the House of Commons too, um, and how archaic and outdated that is, um, yeah, it's um, it's maintaining something that's out of reach, isn't it? And he he's just uh, you, you look at him, look at the look on his face now when he's asked questions. You can see in his eyes, like he's he he knows he's like he knows he doesn't believe what he's saying. Mm-hmm. It's like so it's so obvious if you look closely, like he's a husk. Because <laughs> Johnson goes down. If Johnson goes down, Mog's Mog and he, you know, Mog's going down with him. And again, he won't lose anything real. He just won't be in a position where he can profit even more than he already does. You just have to sit back and count the millions he's already made, which is, you know, probably gonna be a full time job on its own. I just like he really is isn't he like honestly yeah. I just I can't take the guy seriously oh, I just, he's um, such oh honestly he's just such a sad Wednesday isn't he like you look at him <laughs> and you're just like you are just a grey cardigan of a man like there's nothing there <laughs> I think <laughs> one of my favorite things is um like like you said about you know keeping that institution and he plays into that stereotype and it's like I did I did a video the other day about it that cracks me up because one of the comments and I know you must get this as well people will always be like oh I wish you'd go into politics and I said (laughs) to somebody the other day I was like the problem is this is what would happen is you know Jacob Rees-Mogg would be at the dispatch box and it would be Mm -hmm. like you know like uh Lindsay Hoyle would be like David Lowther and I'd stand up and I'd be like uh, yes, uh, I just wanted to ask the honourable gentleman, um, why are you such a fig-haired shitbox? And I just, you know, what, what's that going to do? Like, how's that going to further British politics? I don't think that it's right, like, with this weird respectability bullshit, but I also think that there's no point in me going into it because it's not ready for what I would bring. <laughs> well, exactly. And like my common answer to that question is, don't you think there's enough pricks in there that don't know what the fuck they're doing? <laughs> like, don't you think they don't need another one in there going, oh, uh, you know. But then again, 
you know, you, you just touch on a point there when you talk about how they've got all the kind of traditions and everything like that. Like maybe it's there to stop people just calling each other sea units and it descending into like just like you know like fist fights and brawls. But just because they call each other the right honourable gentleman, it doesn't mean it doesn't mean that it's true. Like it doesn't mean that they're actually that. And they all just keep up this lie where they're like the right honourable. And that guy is like had four affairs, two love children. <laughs> like he's bang on the cocaine. It's just it's just a massive lie. Yeah, I, I prefer the um the honest aspect of if they actually, you know, there was a bit of honesty in there. But again, I, again, I think I would find it really hard to hold back. And this is why Angela Rayner, as a working class woman in that place, deserves a medal for not <laughs> for not serving a bit of realness because working class people are not good. Uh, generally, I'm, I'm generalizing us, but we're not usually good at holding back what we think. <laughs> Um, we've got a bit of fight in us, a bit of passion in us, you know, so, um, I have to say, I spent an inordinate amount of time today online defending Angela Rayner because she asked that urgent question and the amount of people that were like, she's uneducated, she's stupid. And I'm like, she's you, you idiot. She's trying to represent the people that are absolutely furious about this. And I think like that leads me neatly onto a a question that I really want to know your answer to. How do you feel about the Downing Street parties? I don't think there's enough swear words in the world to describe how I feel about the Downing Street parties. Um, It's just, it's enraging on many levels, enraging. But again, I'm I'm, I'm not surprised that they were doing that. But even I, as someone that is an ardent, um, you know, hater of conservatives, even I didn't think that they would be capable of it. Even I didn't think that they were doing that. I, it didn't even cross my mind that they would be doing that, especially not when apparently, apparently Johnson was in intensive care at one point. Mm. It just, it didn't even cross my mind that they would, they would do it. And for me not to think a Tory would do something just shows just how lacking in respect it is and how disgusting it is. It's just salt in the wound for millions of people. And it's not just something small. It's not just like people just gave up their time. People's families died. You know, people's friends died. Um, You know, people lost their last, you know, they lost people that that are dearest to them in life. And it's just a fucking insult. And they should not only be ashamed, they should be in in prison for all the corporate manslaughter of letting tens of thousands of people die needlessly. Mm. But, you know, they should should be shame. But the fact that there isn't just shows how Johnson's running things doesn't it yeah absolutely I think one of the big things that's become really apparent to me is that people miss the broader aspect of it as well and this is something that's really become clear to me especially through the idiocy of right-wing pundits like Sophie Kakoran or whatever her bloody name is and (laughs) Darren Grimes yeah I was always going to bring her up what Um, is it (laughs) I think but like if you've seen what they're saying today all they've been saying is we might be going into World War Three, and everyone's talking about parties. And I keep, like, I've done nothing but tweet them all solidly all day and say, why are you not thinking about the broader picture that if a prime minister can't follow life and death, legal, like, laws <laughs> about to keep people safe, how effective do you think he will be with a war? And not just that, <laughs> but it's also the case that 
they're the people that pushed and pushed and pushed for people to vote for Johnson because he was going to be the best prime minister since sliced bread. Mm. And the only thing he sliced is British bloody confidence in the establishment. Yep. <laughs> yep, pretty much. Um, those two are just, honestly, they're like characters themselves, I'm aren't they? Well, I'm of the firm opinion that Sophie Corcoran is Darren Grimes in, in really, really bad drag. <laughs> I think hell. that he like I think that like over weekend he just gets this really long like gingery lace run out of the closet sticks it on oh. and goes time to do my other show yeah he sticks his bad weave on goes yeah goes and has a nice crafty wank <laughs> <laughs> so, um is he allowed near tables do you know that like because I've, I've heard that I've, I've I've heard a rumor that Darren Grimes isn't allowed near tables anymore because he has to wank under them you know, I believe that he is because there is a photographic uh, evidence <laughs> because there is a, I think it's on uh, Lawrence Fox's Twitter. There's a photo <laughs> of him sat with Andy and Go and uh, Lawrence Fox at a table in a restaurant. And all I can think is the smell of like brut coming from that table. Link and like, yeah. you just know that like all three of them left the restaurant afterwards and were going, yeah, the waitress wanted me. And then they all went home and cried together in a pile about yeah. how lonely they are. Like, honestly, they're just the lowest of the low. Uh, uh. But it's, the, it's the, the presumptuousness of them, like, to lecture us on what we can and can't be angry about. Everyone's, ups like, everyone's terrified that we might be going to war. But I'm terrified because we might be going to war with fucking Krusty the Clown in charge of the country. <laughs> well, as I said to you before, you know, firstly, Putin's got, like, mad... Uh, small dick energy if I'm if that's not an offensive term to use um but he he has he's just got this kind of like he's compensating for something I don't know what it is but that I've I heard today on the news actually I watched channel 4 news and the reports coming out of the Ukraine are that they're largely chill they're trying to say to their like people chill out um you know it'll be all right and it's mostly America and the UK that are hyping it up for whatever reason, I wonder why Johnson might be hyping it up. Um, I was going to say, I wonder why Boris Johnson's pushing the idea that yeah. we need to focus on something else. <clears throat> because that, well, Auckland's Thatcher, you know, that saved her. The difference mm -hmm. was that, you know, even the reanimated corpse of Margaret Thatcher right now would run the country better than Boris Johnson. And I think the fridge that it hit him before the election would run it better than him, honestly. Well, exactly. That's that's the thing. I mean, he's just like a tub of ambrosia sitting in the corner, just like obsessed with, yeah, yeah. As you know, he is running number ten like Versailles in the Revolution era. It's like Rococo Johnson. It's ridiculous, or Rococo Johnson. And <laughs> yeah, he can't do anything to maintain authority, even within his own ranks. The country hates him. Would you want to be a troop being led anywhere by him? Like, so the Navy, even the Navy, like people from the Navy spoke out and said, we're not going to go into the channel and start kind of like putting refugees in danger. Are you mental? Like he's got no authority. He's got no fans. He's got no authority. He's just clinging on desperately. And no one knows why, because everyone thinks he's a dick. So, yeah, I, I don't think he's got the, in short, authority or the backing in terms of trust to see us through a war but no. there are indications that maybe it's a bit hyped up not hyped up by like ukraine but hyped up by the western allies 
possibly for their own needs. Well, therein lie in the shock. But like that leads me to another <laughs> question that I'm really curious about because like the, people ask me this often and it absolutely flummoxes me how to answer it. But mm. I doubt there's going to be a general election. I really doubt that there's going to be one anytime soon to save our lives. But what do you think is is going to come after Johnson? Because this is the thing that we talk about in abstract terms a lot and it petrifies me. But I've got like people asking, I'm like, I don't know, rain of blood. <laughs> Locusts, Johnson's thousands of children raining down from the sky. I don't know. <laughs> um, it's <laughs> the opportunities are endless. Mogs, broom handles. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Like it, it but the, the thing is, I think if they had any form of credible option, they'd have put them in by now. When you're polling at what? What was it at one point? We're polling at 28, I think. Yep. Um, and there's always that rule with the Tories, isn't there? Once they get under a certain parameter, it's like boom, they just like ruthlessly get rid of their leader. Mm-hmm. They're not benefiting from having him in position. But I don't think they've replaced him because the front the front row of people <laughs> are terrible. You've got Rob, you've got old American psycho Rob, <laughs> um, who is useless. Like he's just physically just the most useless human ever invented. You've got pork markets. <laughs> you've got Rishi Sunak, who is too new in the job, they say, inexperienced, sensitive you know, the billionaire ch- chancellor himself. Who else is there? Who else Who else is actually in the running besides those guys? Conceivably Michael Gove, which is why, um, <laughs> as one of our mutual <laughs> friends pointed out last night, he's kept himself very quiet to, to, his, to his credit. Mind you, he's probably just secretly in a rave in the basement of number 10 somewhere. Uh, Dancing alone, like sniffed up to Sade in a, like, yeah, in a, in a gentleman's club, probably. Yeah, um, and one of, the, one of the other ones who really cracks me up is Matt, <laughs> Matt Hancock. Like, I, <laughs> I just can't, I can't conceivably imagine him as PM. And it's like I said in that video the other day, like I just imagine him sitting down to an interview and then being like, so after Boris Johnson, how seriously will you take the job of prime minister? And he just goes, I am truly dedicated to running the country as best as possible, unless someone sexy comes into my cabinet. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then, and then we're fucked basically. Yeah. We're fucked. Once that happens, I'm, I'm just off. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. We'll take off to the set. Yeah. No, I didn't even know Matt Hancock had thrown his crumpled hat into the ring. I didn't even know that that was an option. That's literally breaking news to me. And that is the maddest thing I've ever heard. I will just politely ask you not to say uh, his name and ring in the same sentence because it makes me feel a bit bilious, Tan. <laughs> I thought you were actually telling me. Off. <laughs> I, like, I am a little <laughs> bit. Seriously, the, the gip that I have to hold back. This is a sensitive microphone. I thought you were like, Tan's heard something libelous. <laughs> I just thought, shit, have I have I gone too far? But no, I don't think you can go too far. Not so it's pork people. markets, yeah, Sunak, Gaki Gove, the king of all that's evil, Rob. Oh, pretty fucking Patel. Oh, dear I, Lord. I, see, I don't think pretty Patel would ever want to move because as much as I, we know someone who knows someone that's worked with pretty Patel, and they know that she has aspirations for the top job. But I think she just enjoys sitting in the home office job, screwing over migrants. Like, I feel like I feel like <laughs> when the house of cards does end up falling, she'll end up mm-hmm. working at, you know, like 
you know one of those like polish supermarkets that's in the middle of the city <laughs> she'll end up working on the checkout there just so she can like fake scan something three times and then go i'm sorry you'll need to take this back to the shelf because i can't i can't get the barcode to work and they'll be like <laughs> they'll be like the barcode is fine you scan like this she goes no <laughs> take it back <laughs> that's that's very i actually saw that in my mind that painted a picture She'd want to get the most, I think she'd want to get the most kills for her buck, really. And I don't think she's going to get that if she has to stand in for uh, Johnson either. Because, no. uh, or, or come after Johnson. Because it's going to be like an interim until an election, isn't it? So they're going to put their best person forward to win. And if she has got aspirations, what she'll want to do is probably come in four years down the line. If, if you know, if we manage to get it across the line and we manage to get into, into power, because they've with, with Brexit, their terrible COVID response and stealing 37 billion off us and then writing off 4 billion of, of debt, I doubt they're going to be in a position where like the next people that come in are going to be faced with just literally just the House of Commons on fire. Like, <laughs> um, so, and then probably the public will go, oh, oh, look, Labour can't manage the books, can they? And then, you know, the, the toys will get in again and they'll just continue it. She'll want to be the person that comes in when they can go like ultra right in about four years time, if, or however many years it is after, if Labour do win, I don't think she'd want to come in as an interim because she no. wouldn't win an election because the country's no, racist wouldn't. and misogynist thanks to them. So <laughs> I think that's the thing that, I think that's the other thing as well. I do think that she's obviously thick because I've watched that interview with her where she she was trying to say that people that were found innocent should still be put to death. And I was like, oh yeah, hello. But I think that she's intelligent enough to know that she's in a good place because she's doing what the public, the like gamini public that supports them wants. Whereas I think she knows that the public would turn on her in a on a dime the way they did with Theresa May, but also with the intersectionality of being a woman of colour, she's screwed because that those people that support her support her because she's air quotes, and I hate using this phrase, but one of the good ones. And if she yeah, stopped being they, one yeah. of the good ones by becoming prime minister, she, they'd just walk her. Yeah, it's and it's and it's thanks to them. It's thanks to their othering, their long campaign of division, othering. Well, it wasn't a long campaign actually. I, it that it didn't start with the Tories. It it just started with the Tories inheriting the 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 pile of human shite that is uh, kind of UKIP voters, <laughs> and uh, all all the ones that are particularly racist, and the National Front. You know, <laughs> all yeah. the racist people related to the kind of like the hard right version or they they felt or they thought that the Tories were quite hard right so they voted for them and you know gave their vote to you know so they could hopefully get the kind of the country going the way they want it which is ultra racist so they were playing to the gallery with those kind of policies and then from then on it was just whatever literally whatever is popular I'm sure it's just a 24-hour poll checker in number 10 so mm -hmm. but the thing is they've made it so therefore with their policy it's a kind of like circular thing really the people kind of that, that voted for them are quite racist so they create racist policy and then the people like want more racist policy and then they're stuck because what becomes popular then becomes like really racist and then before you know it the country's on fire and that's what to do about it just like it's really happened but i mean to be fair we did forget one person that deserves an honorable mention oh fucky Nadine Dorries. Oh. 
I part of me would love to see her as prime minister just to watch one of her rambling drawn out speeches one of my favorite things that Atari has ever done was her sat in front of that deposition where she was like now listen channel four we should be able to decide its future because because it receives money from us and the guy was like channel four doesn't receive money from us and she just went it's well it's and I was like I was like yes Yes, that's who you are, Nadine. That, that is who you are. You are culture secretary yeah. and you didn't know that Channel 4 is not <laughs> publicly funded. You absolute goose. <laughs> Do you know, if I, yeah, she's just a human. The, the only way to describe her is probably with sound. She's just a human. Uh, that, that's just what she is. Like she's, she's just the, one of the densest people that I've ever had the misfortune to have to watch. And she's just really massively, massively un- unprepared, like massively unprepared and pissed, it would seem like. If she's not pissed, she the, the swaying, the swaying of her. So yeah, she's just an intensely weird human being. She's what happens when someone, this is what happens when you elect people that are just not experienced into jobs, except the job here is running the country. <laughs> The thing is, is for me, I for a long time, I've thought it's not necessarily even about a dearth of experience because a book writer feasibly could be a good culture secretary because you you have to, you know, experience culture to write books. Although somehow Nadine Doris does manage to shit one out every now and then without knowing the right way to walk through a door. But (laughs) it's about electing people that are subject to the populism in charge. And Boris Johnson is arguably a populist leader. So I feel like because we've discussed it before, they just did this, like, he in particular did this ruthless clear out of people that weren't loyal to him. And he's mm. just ended up with this group of sycophants and their only, their only actual accreditation is that they go, yeah, Boris, in every meeting. And that, you know, that's why we are where we are because our culture secretary is surprised that children learn things from YouTube. And our justice secretary <laughs> is like, this bloody Human Rights Act. And, <laughs> and the Home Secretary's like, oh, I wasn't aware that uh, some of the places we're keeping refugees are catching on fire. You know, like, wow, I wonder why we're in this mess. And then it all, it all ultimately goes back to Johnson. And it's like, it's like I said, the, the thing that really just surprises me all the time, just, just every time I'm, I'm trying to figure this out, is that that's our leader and people still back him. In, in the real situations that we're in, there's a deadly mm. virus floating around the country and it can con- it's conceivably still taking 400 people's lives a day. Yeah. 400 people's lives a day. 28,000 people have died since <laughs> uh, Freedom Day. And he is still our leader. When I look mm. at it, and it's like I said, when I go back to it and people talk about how we should be focusing on the big issues, what is a bigger issue than the fact that that's the man that's in charge that doesn't that just for fun let's just go through the defenses that he's used for the parties because we Mm. had there were no parties in Downing Street oh well I didn't know about that party that's discreet I'm as angry as you are and we'll investigate as soon as possible oh uh, well I was I was at that but that wasn't a party that was a work meeting all work meetings have wine and cheese Mm. don't they oh well I mean it, it was a party but I didn't know it was a party Oh, well, it was a party, but um, I, I didn't know parties were against the rules. And it's like, 
seriously like i feel like whoever wrote this season of our lives was just going <laughs> I, I don't know just 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 make him say something else i don't know yeah just take the ladder out the pool and let him drown that's pretty much <laughs> the point we're at the moment i i think with johnson i think he didn't expect i don't think he expected the curtain to be lifted up on him and i think that he is being targeted it's just like who's targeting him yeah i i really don't think he expected it so he would he whoever has done this if it isn't like whoever's done it has their timing has been great because they wait for him to kind of say something and then they leak something more damning and then it just keeps going and going and going so but he's just a terror he's just a liar a horrific liar so he's just trying to desperately all he cares about is saving himself all he cares about is himself um he has literally no moral compass whatsoever and there's a lot of talk about whether or not this is Cummings. And if it is Cummings doing this to him, he's only got himself to blame because he hired him. Exactly. <laughs> so if it's the backbenchers are doing it, then they're conservatives. They knew that this was all going on and they didn't say anything. So they're culpable in all of it. Yep. And the press can't be forgiven either because there's talk about the Sun editor being at the party or one of the parties even being thrown for him. So... Like, no one in this has come out of it with clean hands. The only thing that we can do now is fight tooth and nail to get them ejected from their position because they're not going to go willingly. I mean, Obviously. Johnson will be holding on with, with white knuckles, <laughs> like clinging to the, you know, 150 grand's worth of... Was it 150 grand's worth of wallpaper? It was really ridiculous amount, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it 50 was. grand. A whole year's well, that, worth of his salary. Was it 150? I don't think it actually was, was it? Or was it like it was 600 pounds a roll shit and it looked like you know the inside of a head shop like it actually looked like <laughs> the inside of a weird bong shop do you know what it reminds me of you know at christmas your grandma always used to buy those big uh tubs of chocolate uh like the the chocolate covered biscuits and you'd you'd like unwrap it and it would have that really cheesy box topping it looks like that oh, just oh, stuck yeah. on the wall repeatedly and i'm just like holy it does it's the maddest maddest room that I've seen and I've had a really misspent youth <laughs> like, <laughs> like really I had a lot of fun in my 20s okay and that's still one of the maddest rooms I've ever seen in my life so yeah I, I don't know I don't know what the hell is going on there but the thing is that's like a that's not even a permanent residence there was like a hundred grand in art as well from a donor that one I'm gonna dig up again so I think I talked about it in a TikTok mm. there was like as I said the, the comparison to Marie Antoinette specifically is unfair as they were young kids and they you know they weren't really bad people the, <laughs> the government are but they're still they're just they're just indulgent with malice and that it's the entitlement of it that, that really stinks and the double standards because they will fine and try to lock up people that might claim a bit more in benefits which is pennies it's what they'd spend on lunch yeah and and all the while they're spending you know the cost of a house on on decorating a temporary residence when you've already been given 30k i think it's 30k each new pm gets to do it up what what does that tell you about the character of these people it you know that hasn't already been shown repeatedly yeah well i think though as well that's like you touched on it earlier and that's what I'm interested in. You know, there's so many, it's like a game of frigging Cluedo with number 10, like who done it now? And yeah. I'm curious because 
it could be so many people conceivably because you know even let's let's if we're talking about this let's look at the decorator she could be annoyed for whatever reason and she was there for these parties and she was there for the decorations no 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 but yeah. I mean, like, just out of curiosity, because obviously we're not going to know, and I'm, I'm just curious. I just want to shoot, shoot some shit about it for you. But, like, who do you think? Who do you think? Who's your money on? Who do you think is doing the leaks? Who do you think it is? Cummings. I'd, I'd put my money on Cummings. Um, mm. I would say someone for Sunak, but I don't. If, if he had aspiration for it, surely he'd already been, you know, he'd already been primed for it. But he's culpable, as I say. But there's talk about Cummings, like trying to groom Sunak for the role or talking about how Sunak would be the man for the job, et cetera. But, you know, Cummings, his intentions are really hard to gauge because he's just going fully rogue. And he's one of those people that I think, if I had to hazard a guess at what he's doing, I would say it was a kind of legacy thing. He wants to make his mark because he won't be an MP. Mm -hmm. There's talk about him wanting to just get rid of everything. We all know about him hiring eugenicists. Mm -hmm. I I think he's just one of those people who just wants to watch the world burn, frankly, and he wants chaos because he'll be all right. He's not going to suffer out of it. So I think he's the kind of person that would really get off on the power trip of, of, you know influencing politics in this way it's quite ironic because um, he said he wants to watch the world burn so he's got the joker's morals and Gollum's face <laughs> yeah he's a very odd individual isn't he or it could be the backbenchers but again the, the thing is this is this hasn't just thrown shit all over johnson it's 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 sprayed the all the benches with it that's the thing and that's that's what's really important i think for us guys who are kind of pushing the opposition narrative to kind of like push forward is that mm-hmm. it's like not just johnson they're all like this he's just really obvious i think though as well that like so because one of the things that i know that you get a lot and i get too and i've had it tonight is when i'm talking to people about politics there's a there's the kind of the hard left people who are so keen on you know like enacting a lot of socialist policy and and things like that Mm. and they get very angry when I say that I'm just going to back Keir Starmer's Labour and realistically the reason that I'm going to do that is because whilst I I am further left than perhaps Keir's Labour Party looks at the moment they need to get out of power because it isn't just Johnson it's a systemic problem and they are causing very real damage harm and strife that needs to stop there is also the fact that it's like a villain tribute act every time you look at the front bench of the Tories. There isn't anyone suitable to, there's no one suitable to run a fucking bath, never mind the country. So I think when you look at when you look at it, you just go, we have to get them out. And even if it's by degrees and we move back to mm. more towards the centre, it's further away from the far right. And that's where I want to be, which is like, you know, if, I think if Johnson stays in power for another five to 10 years, I feel like it will be like mandatory goose stepping down the street. We'll have to like do the zig heil every morning at work before we start. Like, you know, it, it's it's just going to be ridiculous, you know, yeah, certainly yeah, how I feel. Be, yeah, you, I, I think you're spot on there. Absolutely. Like that's that's the thing. I think it will be like Brazil meets 1984 meets a kind of East End pub and, you know, <laughs> loads of knives. Um, <laughs> it, it'll be, um, it'll be, it'll be horrible. <laughs> but um, I think you make, you touch on a really important thing there. I mean, I try not to pay too much attention to like the kind of, the people that haven't moved on from, from when Corbyn was leader. Um, like nowadays online, I used to get dragged in because they would accuse me of things that, that I'm not. And I probably 
campaigned more under Labour than, than they did. It's like, mm-hmm. I'd imagine I definitely did. Um, because I'm a Labour supporter and I'm not, you know, I wouldn't say to the point of being tribal. There's, there's, there's elements, of course, with Keir Starmer's leadership that I disagree with. But I don't promote those because that would be ridiculous considering what we've got in power i think mm. yeah you can you can question what he does you can question what you know some of the choices of the party i'm certainly not happy with every single labor mp but broadly speaking they're people that have lived the lives that, that we've lived and they're people that are better equipped as you were saying earlier on about the experience thing with nadine doris and you know she's just inexperienced at pretending to be a human like, <laughs> um, like we need we need people that are like experienced in the jobs and as I know you've touched on this point I think it was you that touched on this point before or aid where you said like the people that should be in charge of deciding how the NHS is running government should probably be someone that's involved in that industry who should come in as like a, a proper kind of consultant on the job mm. but the thing that's really worrying me, well, not worry, it's not worrying me, but it irritates me when people jump up and call him Keith Stowe, Keith, you know, all that kind of stuff, because it's just a terrible waste of your time. You could be spending that time opposing the absolute fire that's engulfing us, like in, in politics at the moment. It's just a, it's a trip, like an unforgivable waste of time, if nothing else when you could be focusing that energy on actually doing something that could turn people's attention to what maybe, you know, our media aren't reporting about the government. Yeah. But I'll, I'll back Labour all the way. I'm a, I'm a you know, staunch Labour voter. I'm not, I don't follow leaders because I'm not, because populism needs to die. Exactly. And I think, and what Corbyn's doing is <laughs> he is, um, he knows what he's doing with this. He knows what he's doing by running as an independent. He knows he's splitting the vote. And I think that fella is now running on pure ego. He loves hearing people shout Jeremy Corbyn wherever he goes. He's running on pure ego. If And I don't, I don't blame him if he wants to get a bit of revenge, but I think he's got it in the case that loads of people would have preferred him to be, you know, prime minister and still support mm. him. Don't split the vote in a crucial election when you know not everyone's like you Corbyn not everyone's a millionaire there's people that are choosing between heating and eating in this country there are kids growing up like babies you know growing up with developmental issues because their houses are freezing and they can't eat this is happening in 2022 in Britain and our Christmas songs are about poverty in the UK people are suffering on a global scale and if you want to sit there oh Corbyn should be leader and and you're not you, you know you're not you're missing the point and you need to sort your priorities out. That's my view on it because people will die if this government, more people will die if the government don't get removed. It is literally a case of life and death for millions of people that are falling by the wayside, who have been demonised by people who still, demonised for being on benefits by people who still 37 billion off us, you know? Exactly, yeah. So, yeah, I I don't remember what the question is, but we, we need... <laughs> we need we need them out of we need them out of government and i think that needs to be like a kind of mutual priority here and as you say getting a little bit further towards what we might want out of it is better than dealing with that isn't it yeah i think because you know i i I speak about it quite a lot i'm obsessed with reading about authoritarianism and fascism at the minute and people don't seem to understand that we are quite literally headed down the path of fascism like i've read several Mm -hmm. books now that point out that we are doing that and some of the laws that they've tried to enact from the police crime courts and sentencing bill had literal fascist tropes and the um 
the nationality and borders bill literally fascist like out of the fascist playbook so Mm. this is we're talking about real danger here and I understand people wanting to stand by a man that they supported, but ultimately the Tories are looking at removing all COVID restrictions and upping tax and energy is more expensive and food's more scarce and more expensive. And these things are caused by their ineptitude. So whilst I understand and people are completely entitled to their feelings and, you know, entitled to representation, which is why I know that you and I have spoken about changing the voting system because we both fucking hate FPTP. My focus mm. right now is this government must be stopped because this is the stuff that they're doing. And of course, this is another thing that I said the other day. If mm. if we got another government in, say Labour or a coalition or whatever, and they carried on down this path, what do they think that we would do? Do they think we'd suddenly get the national haircut and start talking about how great our glorious leader Keir Starmer is? Or do they think that we would be protesting that too? Because... Mm. As I said, with the stuff that Tony Blair did with the Iraq war, it, like it was bad. Do we need to say that? Of course it was. And if mm. that was happening now, I would be protesting against it, but it isn't. Yeah. And sometimes, shitty as it is, things happen and you need to realize the injustice of them and do what you can about them, but also work towards making the future better. Otherwise, you're just repeating history and it doesn't help anyone. Exactly. And that was like everything that happened, the last Labour government happened when we were living in a totally different world, like, you know, not everyone had the internet in their house when Tony Blair rose to power, for fuck's sake. And I we need change. Yeah, no, I know. I don't think we did. And, you know, you need, you need, we need a change. And, and as you say, the, 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 the National Aid Borders Bill and the, that, the, the disgusting police, uh, police courts crime sentencing bill i mean there's still parts of it that's, that haven't been overturned and one of the particular things you talk about in terms of representation are the grt community um they're trying to erase like in terms of fascism they're trying to erase an entire culture of people and that is that is the very definition i mean that's 1930s germany style it that was one of the most horrifying aspects of that bill for me was the fact that they're trying to erase communities and types of and ways of life that is that is unbelievable well it would be if if you hadn't inherited loads of national front voters i guess but that's where we are now and and as you were saying we need to focus on the fact that if especially if you a, a really important point to note here is tactical voting because mm-hmm. the power of tactical voting is so strong like people don't realize that we can get the Tories out with tactical voting. And I've got a few friends now that are working on something that will be announced about that soon, which is really exciting. But the thing is with tactical voting, if say we got a Labour coalition or we got Labour in, if they don't do what the things that we want, like proportional representation, changing, you know, first past the post, if they go rogue, we can tactically vote to get them out again. Or we can bring in our own party because that's the power. That's how much power is wrapped up in tactical voting. So we need change, and we also have the power to do it. And there's actually quite a small margin of people that we need to get to vote tactically to do it. Yeah. Although there are the, there are going to be the boundary and constituency changes. So which because they're doing everything they can to rig it, voter ID. I know that you yeah. are also enraged about that. Absolutely. I've actually one of the upcoming podcasts I'm going to do is specifically about that and why it's so terrible, because one of my main missions at the minute is try and make this information accessible to people. And 
I think the people that are going to be affected by it don't understand how much they're going to be affected by it. So I want to talk to people in real terms about why it's bad and how it will affect them and what they can do to counteract it. In particular, Mm. I feel like one thing that we need is um, someone to spearhead certain campaigns like that in England. And I'm actually on the point of, I can't, like, I I would love to do it myself, but I'm, I'm not already involved in politics but I have in Mm -hmm. mind people that should be so the stuff that I want to do about that I'm certainly interested to hear about the stuff that you mentioned about the group that you're involved in that's I'm intrigued well at the moment it's stealth um sorry I've just eaten a chocolate button (laughs) am I lowering your blood sugar is that what it is I just had a real craving for a chocolate button, Davey, honestly. <laughs> they were speaking to me. Um, but no, it's a stealth group at the moment. But essentially what it's going to do is it's going to really push the agenda of um, voting tactically. And there are there are people that are already doing it. But the thing is, yeah, we need to kind of, and it's not just going to be us. I mean, we're just working as a, it's going to be a branch network of, of different groups, basically, yeah. that are going to pull data, pull resources, and just and I think the exciting thing is going to be for a lot of people that follow me on Twitter or you on Twitter is it's going to be I think a lot of people are going to realize that we're all linked up <laughs> and yeah we're, we're yeah <laughs> we've, we've got the power in terms of like safety and numbers I think to you know not to put too fine a point on it I think we're going to be able to reach a lot of people with this and I think what you're, you what you're doing is so important and it's so important that we all explain to people about politics because so many people I don't know about you but a lot of people comment I don't have a clue about politics and I was like well neither did I until I started being a politics nerd <laughs> like I didn't know anything either but there's terms that like some people might not even know what constituency boundary is or like mm. because they just don't think about it whereas politics is everything like literally you can't walk to the shops and buy yourself a pint of milk without politics being involved in it exactly it is, the NHS, it's your wage, it's your tax, it's how much pay you take home, it's your kid's school, it's what happens if you lose your job, it's what happens if you, uh, you know, get really ill and can't work, it's buses turning up, it's trains, it's gas going into your house, it's everything. And you've got to make sure the people in charge of it are decent. And if they're not, look at what we get. Exactly. No, I think that's that's the point that we need to keep hammering home to people that politics can be better, but it isn't right now. And You know, one of the things that bothers me the most is when people say they're all the same because that does an absolute injustice to people that are in politics and that care. And I might not be an MP, but I am politically obsessed. And I think it does an injustice to say that everyone that's involved in politics is the same because that's not true. There's a lot of people that want people's lives to be better. And that extends to beyond MPs and everything. It's it's everyone that talks about this stuff. So Mm. I feel like that's a huge mistake that people make. Like there's a lot of people that are, um, what's the phrase, politically apathetic. And it's fine that they are, but it's also not the right way to think about things because there are people out there that care and that want better for the world. And I have faith that that we can all work together and and do that cheesy as it sounds. I don't really care. I think uh, the next step for us is just to keep people positive and get people engaged that's why you know I that's part of why I got involved because for me politics didn't really hit me as a as as such a countrywide phenomenon until Brexit and then suddenly everyone was torn apart from each other and that like that polarization made me realize how 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 torn apart as a as a country and as as a group of countries we are 
and I want to fix that. You know, I don't want Welsh people to be annoyed with British people because a lot of us vote Tory. Because if you actually look at the stats, even breakdown of country, we still didn't vote majority Tory. It was very, very slim compared to the the UK as a whole. But even mm. even Britain, even England didn't vote as majority Tory. It's just how the shitty rules no. work. It's just it's just the voting system we've got, isn't it? That's the problem. Yeah. And um, as as Femi did a great thread on this, we both love Femi. Hello, we Femi. Do. Hi, Femi. <laughs> love you. <laughs> Hello, Femi, darling. Um, but no, it's um, it, he did a really great thread on how people how the country's voted through the ages, and it's predominantly left wing. Uh, there's a few times when like you know the the kind of it's predominantly like a kind of right wing party but we're, we're generally a country of lefties and the problem is i think because people are used to automatically feeling inferior to the kind of air that these kind of politicians give off that's why it's so important that, that i think working class voices are heard in the house of commons they are heard in politics and you're going to get them with a labor party i mean you've got john ashworth who grew up in poverty angela rayner amazing woman clawed her way up diane abbott very impressively educated woman you know you've got you've got people that are kind of that we need more faces that people can relate to and more voices that people can relate to in there it's broadly white men <laughs> like if you if you were to single it all out and that that needs to change but I think at the same time I'm really passionate about the fact that we can all be the opposition like we're gonna this is kind of unprecedented the the toys have created this post-truth era and we all need to pull our resources together to fight them because it's going to be a million times harder we're on the back foot and you know there's always people that go around saying oh we should be 20 points ahead yeah maybe if it was like a normal time you know look at what the government are doing it's not normal is it like the times that we're living in this is this is really mad when you really like properly take a look at it we're, we're living in very very disturbing times mm -hmm. so i think we all need to collectively put our voices together and also educate people from all backgrounds that might not have a clue about politics in a relatable way because yeah. if you know something someone else doesn't tell them about it you know don't don't rely you can't rely on the media for shit <laughs> and you generally can't rely on your you know peer group because or necessarily your family because everyone has different things think about what your values are as a person and then assign them to you know the people that kind of fit them the best and, and I can guarantee you most working class people will not be better represented by a bunch of toffs I was going to say <laughs> Etonian twats but toffs works too Etonian twats that's a good one yeah like I'm sure I'm sure oh, we can think of something more more offensive than that can't we <laughs> of course we, we can it's, it's like i wake up in the morning and my first thought is what can i call those bastards today it's that loop video that i shared <laughs> oh god do you know what i have that saved in the favorites on my phone just so that if anyone ever says anything i could just quickly send it to them. i don't want to say what she's saying though but this is going to be yeah i'm sure your your, your listeners are going to really enjoy this kind of like really ridiculous in joke with no context <laughs> For, for the avoidance of doubt, listeners of Politically Enraged, it's the video of someone in Parliament reading out uh, what I believe was an offensive text or, or, some, or a letter sent to a Tory MP. And the lady stands there and in the most dispassionate, posh voice, pearls around her neck and glasses perched at the end of her nose, she goes, fucking Tory cunt. 
and it's the best thing that's ever <laughs> happened to the internet because I use it for everything. Do you know, can I tell you a little secret? Go on. <laughs> I sent that email in. <laughs> Did you? No. But oh, I would. my God. <laughs> that would have been amazing. To be fair. But I would. To be fair, my local MP is a, a Labour guy and he's brilliant. It's uh, Hillary Benn. And I'm very thankful for him. Although it's like I said, sometimes I think he must get into work, open up his emails and see my name and be like, oh, for God, what now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he knows you immediately. He can, he can sense it as he walks into the office. But yeah. no, people, it does, it does have an impact. This is the thing. You know, people talk about, oh, the echo chambers of Twitter or whatever. Yeah, to some extent. But when, but when people are in their tens of thousands retweeting journalists, it, it scares the shit out of the government. And yeah, it it's, it's kind of like an instant poll. Because um, like, like they say in the thick of it, it's the shit room. <laughs> You've opened the shit room. That's what it's like. It's an instant shit room. It's, and it's way more honest than polls. And obviously you've got algorithms against you and all that stuff. But, but tweeting about it, making a noise, getting out on the streets, all these things, they, they do have an influence because it tells them what they can and can't get away with because they'll float things out just to see whether or not they can get away with it or whether yep. or not they can actually put it into policy. Yeah. And if, if people get pissed off enough or they email, the, you know, emailing your MP helps because if every, everyone did it, they'd have no choice because they don't, people don't want to necessarily rule a town that hates them. Yeah, so and I think that that's a point that like, because there's so many things that I want to get out to people in an understandable format that will make them politically educated. There's so many things mm. I want to do to make people engaged with politics on, on their level. They don't have to become political savants, but to understand mm. that it affects their life. But if there's one thing, it's actually the first time I became aware of it was reading 1984. And I can't remember exactly the sentence anymore because it's years since I've read it. But it, it was basically like, oh, if all of the proletariat stood up and went no more, the government would crumble immediately. Like within seconds, they, they would just, that would be it. They'd be gone. It'd be over because there's yeah. this illusion that they're in power, but they work for us. And if they don't work for us and we tell them they don't work for us and that we don't want them there anymore, what what would they do? They're gone. They're well... done exactly people um government should be afraid of their people people should be afraid of their governments it's the old alan moore v for vendetta strongly influenced i think by all worlds 1984 which is an incredible book yeah it is um incredible book and you, you're absolutely right i mean there's more of us than them and they can't arrest us all they're my motto <laughs> um, <which will laughs> probably get me arrested um but but that's my motto. And if, you know, I would, I'd be out every day if everyone was with us. And I think it's really important that we give a shout out to people like Steve Bray, who's out there constantly fighting for our rights. Yeah, and total legend. Stephen Bray is like my hero, man. I Me love too. Me too. I saw him I the other day him. confronting a Tory MP and the Tory MP was so rude. And Steve <laughs> was just like, you've made a mockery of our democracy. And the guy was like, I lost Steve. And I was like, go on, Steve. <laughs> you're the village idiot that clip cracked it killed me it <laughs> killed it. me because it I was just it. so sharp it was so it was the, the, the village idiots in front of the camera that was just brilliant but the thing is people like and again I know Femi gets a lot of flack too like from from right wingers and all this kind of stuff mm. but the thing is what people need to kind of realize also is is that there's also kind of think going to have to be a period of a bit of de-radicalization because the yep. government's policy is broadly nationalist it's not 
patriotism, it's nationalism. It's, it's using symbols to influence. And I'm sure someone like amazing like Maria Norris, we're, not, we're dropping all the names tonight, but Maria Norris <laughs> would probably explain this, would explain this infinitely better than I. But it's, it ties into the fascism thing. That's, you know, symbols using flags to influence. Oh, what does that remind me? Oh, abundant fascism, wiping out communities like, or trying to erase communities of people. But yeah, like people, and they're calling it patriotism, and it's the absolute opposite of patriotism. Mm-hmm. And I think that actually, to, to his credit, Keir Starmer is trying to rebrand it under the, you know, under res- as a thing of respect, of respecting everyone. And I think that's good, and I think that's important because he's trying to like change the way that people define it. And I think people like you and I, Femi, Steve. All the people that are out there trying to actually say Hugh Grant's awesome too, uh, has to yeah, be said. That everyone's out there. We're all the people that are trying to save the country from declining into a country that those men that died fighting the Nazis would be, uh, you know, ashamed of because they they sh- you know if they were living they would be to see this happening. I think in their own country after they gave their lives to they to, would to, they would to defeat like, fascism. When you look at the British flag. I feel like because I for a very long time, whenever I saw the British flag, it got my back up because it represented Mm. nationalism in its ugliest form. And I think I started looking at the British flag as as almost a hate symbol because of the way it was being weaponized online. But I don't look at it like that anymore because I want to reclaim it. I want it to be the symbol of a nation where people care about each other. I want it to be a nation where Mm. we're working towards a better future. We're working towards inclusivity and we stand up Mm. against morons like Boris Johnson and where we say like where we put our line in the sand and say you'll not move us from here because that's Mm. that growing up was what I was taught England was and what it was about it was about being proud to be British because we were unmovable people who stood up for what was right obviously I've been through the romanticized history and I know a lot different Mm. now but what I want is for us to embrace that without shame of our past, but own up to it and move forward from it. And until we yes. do that, that flag is only going to represent the hollow bullshit that Boris Johnson uses it for, which is to every time he does something bad, he waves it and go for queen and country. And he doesn't even <laughs> respect the freaking queen because he was, he was having a shindig and doing the fucking robot while the queen was burying her husband, you know, like let's talk about that. Like nationalism is, is, hollow right now because the man that's pushing it doesn't give a shit about the country the queen the flag anything he cares about his bottles of bollinger and that's it ultimately so fucking lutely yeah i could not agree more um i feel really passionate about it i mean he's created a country in which people thought it was okay to counter black lives matter protests by doing the sig Heil in front of war museums and you're right we need to be to move on from our history you, you can't bury what's happened but you can be honest about what it was to and teach your own kids what it was about and teach you know your kids about yeah Churchill did this and that but he also starved billions of people because he's a racist and you know in terms of things like immigration the, the facts have been totally so far removed I mean we profited financially from immigration like massively hugely um, hugely did and, and not just profited financially but you know our nhs staff were immig- you know immigrants the people that will look after people's mum that's suffering from dementia in a care home are immigrants and they deserve to be treated with respect 
and dignity and not be made to feel like they're not wanted in this country because our country is built in part on immigration and people of all different cultures and I'm proud of our multiculturalism and our history of of that and I'm ashamed of government policy like Windrush and I'm ashamed about how there's been this campaign of othering so that great people from this country that might not be white just look at our England team our amazing England players who were just you know pretty Patel was a woman of colour not decrying them being booed that what how's that something to be proud of Gareth Southgate's something to be proud of he stood up to racism he's a, a solid man a really good role model for people really proud of people like Gary Neville too for stepping into the ring with and using their influence these are the people that will go down in the history books as actually having tried to do something about it if the history books are written <laughs> and it doesn't all just descend into you know kind of something we'll living in living in, in caves in 10 years well yeah yeah but well basically like what happened in German yeah just like I, I don't want Russell T Davis's series years and years to become true but I, I, I fear it every day basically mm. uh, the decline but yeah like it's it's we need to rebrand and, and make it something to be proud of and that involves everyone getting involved in it if you care and you have a you know a platform which I, I happen to have some form of influence to some extent not much but I'll always use it to try and push that fight for the good the good fight because we need everyone on deck at the moment and that's what I guess that's why those people that go Ooh, anyone else would be 20 points ahead piss piss me off because what, what are you doing to make things better you're just moaning about the past man you know do there in those yeah therein lies the problem there's people that are too keen to talk about the past and that don't want to move us into the future and I think that is unfortunate but I think we may have covered it all what do you think I think that was uh I think that was a pretty decent chat, little Tansky. What, what's your opinions? Oh, it was shit. Yeah, I hated all of it. It was horrible. Yeah, I'll <laughs> delete it as soon as, no, it, it was amazing. as soon as it's done. <laughs> Abort the tape. Um, but no, you know, it was really cool. Yeah, um, it's been really nice getting it off my chest too. And I think the great thing is when we do chats like this, um, just even if it's just amongst ourselves and we talk about things like this, we get a great understanding, don't we, about what our values are. So I think, yeah, it's been positive absolutely positive thank you for having me darling indeed we'll stay on the line caller i'm going to stop the recording and uh, just thank everyone for listening a hearty thanks as always to the wonderful super tanske for joining me on politically enraged the podcast that is designed to make you upset if you're a left winger so that you do something and just make you upset if you're a right winger Join us again soon for more episodes of Politically Enraged and we look forward to hearing your suggestions on Twitter. You can reach us at Political Rages. Thanks very much. <laughs>